now? What's next? What's the vision you have for your life? Well, it doesn't matter how young or old we are. We can still reach our potential. And that's what we're going to be talking about right here, right now on Polly Campbell Simply Said. And Polly Campbell simply said, this is the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good and be happy. And you know, you've listened long enough to know that that often means coming to terms with adversity. It's about managing the ups and downs in a way that allows us to move forward from those setbacks and to grow and improve and learn and really enjoy our lives again because setbacks i mean nobody's immune right we're going to have challenging times but i'm really interested in how we deal with those challenging times how we overcome setbacks how we survive failure and that is what we're going to talk about today with emily mcintyre hello emily Hello. Emily is an entrepreneur, leadership consultant, speaker, writer. She helps business owners figure out how to feel better and continuing on even after the hard moments. And she's also working with the uh, women and girls and helping them realize their potential and develop their own businesses and grow into themselves as well. So we're going to get into it all. I'm sure she can say that better than I just did. But I met with Emily through social media where everybody meets these days and <laughs> what intrigued me about emily is she had this big i guess she said it business failure and she was very open about that and she was writing about that and talking about that emily i found that really interesting because i don't think we talk about failure enough and most successful people have had colossal failure so why did you decide so right. to write like that well, Polly, I've spent my whole life um, trying to access information that, that I can't get. Um, because I'm an unconventional entrepreneur, I wasn't brought in in the traditional paths. And so everything I've done, I've had to figure out, or I've been very successful too in getting word of mouth information from people who've gone before me. And so as I'm in a you know kind of the middle point, I think of my career, I'm starting to find it's time for me to share this stuff back. And what I didn't know although I'd seen references to it around the edges of the entrepreneurial content world, is just how complicated and demanding it is to deal with a failure. But mm. then as I navigated 2023, where my business collapsed and most of it through no fault of my own or my business partners, I also began to realize how much opportunity is inherent in that failure and how much success and failure are similar to each other in such a remarkable way that I began to think it was time to talk about this stuff. And the response that I've had is showing me that, yeah, we aren't talking enough about how failure is so close to success that they, they're shadow twins and that being good at one equips you to be good at the other. And that's how we get success long-term in our lives and our careers. I think what you said is really important and that is things were happening many of them no fault of your own because we can do everything right and and we can have our behind in the chair and be working hard all day long and still things 
can go haywire for us or fail. <laughs> so so true. <laughs> tell me what happened about this failure, this business closure. And was there ever a time you personalized it? Did you ever make oh, it? Oh gosh, so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the challenge has been to get out of that trap of personalizing it. And I got lucky because someone I really respect in my industry sat me down, David Griswold, the founder of Sustainable Harvest, which was a larger version um, and a longer version of what I was trying to accomplish in a few different ways, sat me down, looked me in the eye and said, you are going to have failure here. There's no way to get out of it. I reviewed everything with him and he was like, yeah, you're in, you're in really hot water. But also this doesn't have to define you. So how you handle yourself now is going to dictate the rest of your life and you're in a really good position. He said that to me, I internalized it, it changed everything for me. And so personalizing business is what we do. It's not really a positive thing in business, I think, because we're way too tied to stuff we can't control. Where is our locus of control? You know, I believe that anywhere between 80 and 90% of your business is stuff that you can't control. Mm. But we sort of think of 80 to 90% of the business is stuff we can, just because we make ourselves the hero or potentially the villain of our own stories, always front and center. Um, and we can't actually do anything about the stuff that we can't control, like the economy or like the way that people react to, uh, to, to things that we do or the way that our cost of goods may shift or, or whatever the dynamics are. And so we prefer to think of our impact on our own lives as within our control. Getting outside of that and depersonalizing it and saying, no, actually, all I can control is my attitude, how much I show up. Um, I can't even really control my energy levels, <laughs> mm. all this stuff. Um, it really is a healthy thing to do as a business owner to depersonalize that and take it out and say, okay, what can I control? I'm going to use that. And I'm going to ensure that I've de-risked myself by saying that even if the 90% the I can't control fails or changes such that I can't recover the stuff I do control, I'm so good at that I can put that in any direction and I will have success. And that's what I've learned from this year among many things that yeah, I, I don't need to personalize it for success. I, I think that's a great message for life, right? I mean, we, we talked totally, before yeah. we got on, I'm, I'm raising a teenager, right? And she's her own person and the world, there are many factors in the world that impact my, my life and my experience that I don't control, but I can control my response to it. So I can sit around so and beat true, myself Polly. up, right? Or I yeah. can sit back and be curious. I'm like, oh, okay, what, what can... I take from this. Now you're in the coffee business. How did you, and, and you, I love your bio because <laughs> you talk about what you went from cult to CEO. You were in a cult there. <laughs> yeah. Explain that. How, how do you become an entrepreneur at 13 and, and what drives you all these years later? Uh, oh gosh, Polly, with this thank stuff? you for asking me. Yeah. Well, I was born into a setting like so many girls and women where I was told that my absolute maximum potential was to be a wife and a mother and nothing else. And I believed it, but I always had an enormous amount of drive. And so I was never content. And that discontent drove me to try things. And at 13, there were people who needed me to teach them piano. And I realized I could make money at it and do it within the setting that I was in. Uh, so I started a piano studio and it actually became one of the largest in the state by the time I stopped teaching 10 years later. And so that is something that I have found as a through line for me with what I do. I was constricted. I was a girl with potential 
whose authorities told me my potential could only be channeled in certain very derivative ways that didn't interest me. And I somehow was able to figure out that you can noodle your way through to your own version of whatever success looks like. And it's about harnessing bravery, not to be unafraid, but to take that first step. And taking those steps, which can look like um, reading information that, that you would normally get or asking people's advice. I've done that so much, I've asked for so much help over my career, um, can lead to happy accidents, which are just the best thing. They are a strike of luck that you may not recognize at the moment, kind of like a lightning bolt from the sky, where something new, something pivotal comes across your path and you have the ability to see it and act on it. So that happened to me when I stumbled into coffee. It happened to me when I fell in love with the red bearded barista in North Kansas City who became mm -hmm. my husband and business partner and the father of my child. Uh, it happened when I gave birth to my child. I knew a big thing had happened and that I had to be bigger to justify that and to bring her to bigger skies. And so, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's how I became where I am. I was, I was born into that setting, but always leveraging to something bigger while not disregarding the givens and my roots. I love that. We talk a lot about that on the show, like doing the next right thing. You know, I'm a, I'm a professional writer and, and in my whole life, I've been told repeatedly, well, it's so hard. You're never going to make a living. This isn't going to happen. <laughs> and so I found the people that told me something different. And so it oh, has happened. Holly, that's critical. You know? that's it's critical. critical. We got to find those people. Now you're becoming that for people, right? Why this focus on, on women and girls? What do you mean by potential? There's many questions I have here. And the other question I have, one more, hold them all in your head, is <clears throat> do you think it's harder riskier for women to fail and talk about their failure? Oh, Polly, that's a nuanced question. So I'm going to answer uh, those in a roundabout fashion. <laughs> really? Because there's only like <laughs> two days worth of conversation there. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. We aren't afraid of that. We are not in the shallows here. I am a woman from a line of women with great potential who in whatever way they could did something bigger with what they were handed. My granny Joan was uh, born to a tobacco farmer in Kentucky in the depression. And um, she was born into poverty, but she through her own force of will leveraged herself upward her entire life. And I knew her as this dynamic woman with these beautiful arthritic hands who would make quilts for her family members, but also who owned two houses, which was one of her aspirations, and who had definitely owned two husbands and been through, outlived them both, <laughs> and who was so uh, dynamic as a, as a person that she took up skiing in her 50s, and she would just always try new things. And Granny Jones' heritage to me through the line of women that I'm a part of is everything. Now, my mom, speaking of being a professional writer, Holly, my mom, when I was 12 years old, started to wake up at 5 a.m. and submit stories and articles to publications. And she became a professional writer. She's had a more than 800 credits to her name as well as four books published. And she is, as we speak, reinventing herself right now as a romance writer for older women, which I think is the coolest thing ever. Great. And I saw her, she was working so hard. She raised six kids and homeschooled all of us, but she still, did a lot with what she had. 
And so I respect her so much. I respect my granny and my mom actually works for me. She's my operations manager in my businesses. We get to partner together as we figure out what it means to explore potential. So that drives me from a girl who was told this is all you will be. And then learning that I can prove those voices wrong. Everywhere I go, I see girls and women who are still being told this is all you will be. And I want to be the catalyst in the room who's both an example and who speaks to that and says, no, you are so much more than that. Only you can begin to say who you will be. And the only way you can do that, as you said, Polly, is by taking the next best step and by never giving up and continuing to try. So is it harder for girls and women to fail? A hundred percent, yes. Although I will say we're used to failure. So maybe our egos are less involved. You know, it's harder on men. They're taught they can, in, in the way that, that, that they're taught that they can't fail. <laughs> women, you know, we're constantly being told, oh, you're not good enough. You're going to have to try harder. We have to prove ourselves more. So on a large public uh, stage, I think that it is harder to fail as a woman. You may only be given one shot. However, I will say, we don't need to be given our shots. We can take them. We can make them. Uh, that's great. We don't need to be given our shots. We can take them. We can make them. We're going to talk more Ooh. about that when we come back with Emily McIntyre right here on Polly Campbell Simply Said, part of the best business network of Electricast. Stay tuned. And we are back. Hello, I'm Polly, and you're listening to Polly Campbell Simply Said, and this is the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy, and we've got Emily McIntyre here. She's an entrepreneur. She's a consultant, a leadership consultant. She's a public speaker. She's a writer, and we're talking about feeling well, I guess, among other things. Emily, right before we went to break, we were talking about the pressure on women. We've been limited by choices others have often made or beliefs others have held. And now we need to restructure our own beliefs in some cases. And we don't have to wait for somebody to give us a shot. We can take our shot and we can make our shot. What does that look like? What does that look like for somebody like me who's in her 50s or somebody who maybe is just getting out of college in their 20s? Or is there any age limitation is there any oh, demographic gosh, limitation no. <laughs> tell me tell me no what that looks like what is potential when for us? Harp, when i was teaching harp one of my favorite students was 81 years old she had wanted to learn harp her entire life and she was at the end of her life and she made her sons pay for her lessons and give her a harp and she was awesome um no there's no age limit there is no demographic limit what I do think there is, is a limitation of vision. And I think that that is the key thing that we have to constantly steward in ourselves. I took a huge hit. Let me just go back to practical for me this year. So my business that I was really proud of leading, it failed publicly this week, this year, 2023. Um, and it, I, a year ago, I was the successful CEO who galvanized everyone in the room to the same vision. And people were handing me privilege and money. And I was putting it together for the benefit of everyone in my world. I was such a purpose-driven CEO, still am. I'm just not running the same company. And then we hit a massive brick wall at full speed. And I suddenly had to use all those same qualities, charisma, asking for help, all the stuff just to navigate failure. And it really took a lot out of me. I struggled hard with it because like so many high-performing women, success 
is sort of how I measure myself. If I can't succeed, then I struggle with feeling valid. And that is because so much of my worth was tied to my output as a person, a younger person. And then because the only way back to this taking or making your own shot, the only way I've succeeded in my career, the way I've had any scope is by standing up and basically saying, yeah, I'll do that tough task and um, not really admitting how much I don't know about it, but then learning really fast on the job and frankly, blowing everybody out of the water. Over-deliver, over-deliver, over-deliver. What happens when the stuff you're over-delivering through no fault of your own or through little fault of your own, because of course, as a business owner, we must learn from the past. It just falls apart. And so I'm back in the position that I've been many times and I'm enjoying it intentionally, a position of potential. Mm. Enjoying it intentionally. Yeah. Oh, it's not easy. Anxiety is a constant. And I've just reached the point where I tell my brain to shut up after 8 p.m. <laughs> we'll solve these problems tomorrow if we do. Um, but the practical aspect of this is that I'm going back to the drawing board and saying, what does the next 10 years look like? And I'm grateful that I have all these tools I've built, but they're tools I've built sort of by doing it the hard way. <laughs> and so let me outline a few of the things that I've learned help you get from point A to point B really quickly. Great. First of all, a learner's mindset. We cannot ever, ever feel like we have to know everything. And again, that's an advantage of being a woman. You're used to not knowing everything in the room or at least people assuming it. And so you can take advantage of that and you can go to every single man who knows more than you and ask them for mentorship. And that is one of my... That is one of my tactics that I use. There are so many people in positions of power who want to give back, but they don't, they also have really valuable time. And so they need mentees that justify their effort. And you can be that mentee by showing up and respecting their time and really clearly internalizing everything that they share and coming back each session having made progress. Mm. So I have a remarkable network of mentors that I'm so proud of. And these days I'm looking into public speaking and I'm looking into starting a nonprofit. And there are a lot of things that I want to do. And so I actually have created a system where I identify 50 people in a field that I'm interested in. And I reach out to them and I basically say this. So this is number, so number one is mentorship. Number two is reaching out to your network. And here's a simple script you can modify in your own way to try to get help. I essentially say, hey, here's who I am, one sentence or less, try to keep it really interesting. I'm interested in doing X and I think you're exceptional at it. Would you be willing to spend 30 minutes or 60 minutes with me and share the state of the field and your own experience and I'm happy to pay your consulting fee? That's really important. Of course, some people will come back to you and say, yes, I have a consulting offer. And so you can decide whether you have the funds or you're willing to pay it or not. In my experience, yes, if you can, it's a really good investment. But I did that recently in public speaking. I emailed 50 people who are public speakers or support public speakers or whatever. I got 24%. I got a 24% response rate. And only two of those people actually wanted to charge me for their time. And mm -hmm. they've given me a lot of value. I did book calls with them. And the others have given me pro bono their time. They've listened to me and they've shared. I've taken amazing notes and I'm getting a sense of the field. And I'm also starting to get intros because I impressed them. I know who I am. I came forward and said, here's what I need to learn. Um, I was a good mentee, I guess you could say. And they're already giving me high level intros to helping me get where I want to go. 
that is just this learner's mindset that you can. So number one is men, is men, be good mentee and don't forget to ask for mentorship. Number two is networking. And number three is work on yourself. There's a remarkable book that I was turned on to by one of these people, Pamela Harper, who, re who I reached out to. She told me about a great book from the 1979 called Wishcraft. It's so, so good. Do you know that book, Polly? Yeah, You're I've read like that book. Yeah, I, I oh love that gosh. book. I love that book, yeah. It's so good. It's, it's just the first half of it um, is about figuring out who, what you were meant to be. Maybe people around you shut you down, but what is it that the child in you really can do? in the world. It's so powerful to tap into that and find a well, grown-up way to articulate that. And that's something I wanted to ask you because you talk about vision and knowing what your vision is. Today, how do we start knowing our vision, let, let alone potential, right? Oh, what do, what right. do I want? How do I get to where I want? How do I start to access that information? So good. Such a good question, Polly. So I think that there is no substitute for a willingness to sit with yourself and ask these questions over and over and over again and accept that the answers are gonna change. The first answer you get is a good one. And then a year from now, after you've tested that and put it on the road and tried it out, it's gonna be even better. I've been asking this question my entire life. I'm 38, almost 39 years old. And just this week, I had a breakthrough where I realized that the through the, a thread for me is that I'm a world builder. I'm a fantasy writer. I build businesses. Everything I do, I have the ability to see worlds and communicate them and map them. And that is my personal through line. I, that feels like something I might be able to really live with for the next few years. But I can't tell you how many hours I've spent just asking myself those questions. So that's my answer to that. Just be willing to do the work of asking yourself. And then a corollary to that, do not get caught up in everybody else's versions. Oh my God. Gosh, there's so much content these days. And so much of it is so derivative. There are few truly original thinkers in the world. And maybe you're one of them. If you just got the noise out of your head. I have canceled and I have deleted Instagram off my phone like 18 times. Every time I do, there's so much value for me because I stop hearing other people's voices. And these days I really try to do 10 minutes or less on Instagram because if my head is full of other people's hand-me-downs, how will I find my own unique purpose? I think that is essential. We've talked on the show and I fully believe in my own life that we will get answers to the questions we ask. So don't Holly, ask bad good. questions. <laughs> so good. Right? Who it, am I is a great question. Right. <laughs> Our brains are circling. They're wired just to find answers. So if you keep asking, why am I so fat? Why am I so broke? Why doesn't anything work out? You're going to get answers to the things you've been doing that are making things not work out. What if you sit down and say, oh, what can I do next? What, I, what am I excited about? What do I care Gosh, about? Holly, that's huge. What lights me up with fire, with holy fire in my bones? You know what? For me, some of it's this, being on interviews and on public stages and getting to just riff on what it means to be a woman or a human in this evolving world. It lights me up. It makes me so full of fire. I feel like I could lift a city. What is that for you as a human? It's going to be different for every person. And that's why it's so important to ask those right questions. You're so right, Polly. 
Well, Emily McIntyre, I am fired up just talking to you. Thank you so much for being here today. I've learned a lot. I'm thinking about a lot. Where can we follow you and, and reach out or find, up, find out where you're speaking next and those kind of things? Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for asking. I have a website at emilymcintyre.com, and that's a great place to find me. It's constantly evolving because I'm always trying on all these skins. So, you know, if you want to see somebody iterating in real life <laughs> on the public <laughs> stage and with a lot of whew, vulnerability and, and openness, then I'm happy to be that person because the only thing we should be afraid of is fear itself. Absolutely. The only thing we have in common is our humanity, our imperfections. You're so we right, talking Holly. to each other. We should be talking oh, to each other. We got to find it out. All right. Join me at the Simply Said community, and you can find that at polycampbell.substack.com, and I will have Emily's links there, more on this conversation, and other odds and ends. So tune in there. Emily McIntyre, fantastic. Thanks for inspiring us today, and thanks for being here on Simply Said. Thank you for having me. It was such a delight, Polly. All right, listeners, let's all sit down today and ask ourselves those questions. Who are we? What do we want to achieve? Who do we want to be in this life? And you know what? Don't forget to have fun. It's okay oh, for yes. you to feel good. And when we do that, we will all live well, do good, and be happy. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a beautiful different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. DC, I host the rock podcast Back to the Arena, the interviews. It's about a 30 minute podcast where I talk one on one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interviews. Electric acid. Yeah.